Hello, and welcome to Surviving HG, the Truth About Plant Medicine podcast. I'm your Canadian host, Tori Moline, and I can't wait to share with you all the brave, untold stories of women who faced hyperemesis gravidarum and courageously chose to use plant medicine. These stories carry with them raw experiences, brave vulnerability, and ultimately the intuitive powers HG moms have deep within inside of us. This podcast marries two untalked about subjects, HG and the generation of women who were silenced, and the natural yet stigmatized powers of the cannabis plant. HG is the picture-perfect illness candidate for cannabis, but because it involves pregnancy and growing a baby, doctors in the medical world are reluctant to try it and to recommend it. Decades worth of propaganda still contributes to many people, including these doctors, outlook on plant medicine. In some places like the UK or Texas, for example, HG moms who choose to use cannabis out of survival to save them and their baby are persecuted. In other places, HG moms are given a hard time by social workers, family members, partners, hospital staff, and their OB and midwife. HG moms deserve justice after centuries of suffering. HG moms deserve to know about plant medicine as an option during HG pregnancies. HG moms deserve to know there are other women fighting just like them and making the brave decision to go against the social norms and choose plant medicine. HG moms need education, resources, and community after centuries of being deprived from it. These stories you are about to hear are from moms who bravely shared them in hopes of helping create change for future HG generations. These stories deserve to be heard. These stories deserve to be protected. And these stories deserve to be shared and listened to. These are the untold stories of HG plant medicine moms. All right, you guys, this mama at first did not want to share her story. She was not quite ready. But as this podcast came out and she listened to the other HG mom stories, I think they all gave her the courage to share. And so on this episode, this very unique bonus episode, I have my friend Nikki, also from Pennsylvania. I have three Pennsylvania moms on this podcast. I feel very honored. Must be a place where HG needs a lot more education and care, right? So having these mom stories is uh, such a blessing to me. So this bonus episode, I have Nikki who has had HG two times um, over the course of about seven years, six, seven years, her first baby being born in 2016 and her second baby being born uh, last year in 2022. Nikki, as I said before, lives in Pennsylvania where cannabis is very frowned upon. So Nikki shares her story about how she got through that. Um, She had to stop at a certain time in order, her preference was to avoid CPS. And so she had to survive HG without cannabis and with cannabis. And with that experience comes so much wisdom and knowledge. And so I'm so grateful that she shares that. She shares her first experience with CPS, uh, yeah, during that first pregnancy and shares the highs and the lows and she especially shares her passion well 
she kind of had to be thrown into it to create this passion, but she advocated hard for herself. She advocated for a pick line and she, she strongly believes, you know, HG moms need to advocate for themselves and what's best for them. Nikki talks about how, uh, she, she did decline a lot of the medications due to the fact that she had worked in the healthcare system before and had seen a lot of things where, it wasn't necessarily what was best for the patient. And so she knew to dig a little bit deeper. And so I'm not going to go any further into this because she has such a story to tell. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki, for being here. And HG Moms listening, this one's, this one's going to be a good one. Yeah, so prior to HG, I did daycare. Um, I did daycare at 15 through high school. Um, I did it as like an internship and then I landed a job and I was there for 13 years. And I loved it, but I knew I didn't want kids while I worked in daycare. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't do it 24-7. <laughs> and um, I almost wonder if I didn't have fertility issues because... Jesse and I have been together for a really long time. So um, I should actually probably did the math, but since we were 18 and we're 34 and 36, so um, we've never used protection. So it's just literally, I think maybe I've had one miscarriage, but then it's been just Marley and cash or cash and Marley. Mm -hmm. So you guys are pretty excited to get that uh, first positive pregnancy test. Uh, what year was that? Yes. Was that was in 2015. 2015. What a time because as yeah. we all know, that was now eight years ago. <laughs> and HG was not talked about eight years ago, that's for sure. So what was your experience like back then? Um, maybe let's go to the beginning. How are you feeling yeah. in the beginning? Um, take me back so, to what that felt like or looked like. I had a lot of stress. So back then I was a manager. I commuted like an hour and 15 minutes away. I worked in a nursing home, oh. um, which, you know, <clears throat> money was much better than daycare. So we knew financially we could afford a child. And we really just, we had goals that we, you know, had set, but God <laughs> always has other plans too in our eyes. Um, but I was like always super stressed and life was just like crazy. So I had to work. And one of my first things I remember getting, and I got the same thing with Marley, was a rash. I get weird rashes. Oh, and what did with that my rash pregnancy. look like? It was like all over my body, but it starts at my belly. It's really weird. And that's how I knew I was pregnant with Marley. Literally, Tori. It was crazy. <laughs> but I looking back now, now I, I wasn't in tune with my body. I mean, I was 25, 26. So I didn't you know, know my body as well as I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, things were very different. So, I mean, back then, I was I worked in sales. So I had to go visit referrals, which were patients at the hospital, older people, people who needed rehab. Um so when I did get that first pregnancy test, I was just so nervous to take like the pills that they prescribed because, or they wanted you to take. And I was young and I never was on, you know, many medications. And when I did, I had weird reactions to prescriptions, just very bizarre, weird reactions, like vomiting, headaches, crazy, crazy things. 
Mm-hmm. So with cash, I did a lot, a lot of research. I didn't find out. So I found out I was pregnant October 1st, 2015. And then Tuesday, October 20th was when I found out I was nine weeks in one day. So I didn't really find out until much later with him. So my HG with him wasn't as severe. I don't know if it's because I worked. I had to work. Um, I don't really know, but I know the doctors pushed all those medications, you know, Zofran, um, Reglan, anything you could take by mouth. Yeah. Um, And I was just like, I can't do it. And then Jesse, we, you know, partaked in cannabis in high school. (laughs) Um, But then we kind of were like, uh, and I've always, you know, gone and come back to it. And um, Jesse was just very like, I don't know, you know, how most people are the stigma of unborn fetus and smoking. Yeah. And I knew like I, they gave me diclegis and that kind of like helped me. But I remember driving down 83 and puking in a little like five gallon bucket with bags, like Walmart bags over the plastic bags. And I remember just thinking, um, um, can I say hi? I remember just thinking, you know, oh my gosh, I got to do something. I got to do something. Something's got to be different. Because they kept wanting to give me these medications. And when I did my research, it was for very sick patients, like cancer patients and just crazy things, crazy side effects. Like prescriptions always make me like sleepy most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, I, I just don't want to do it. Being young and having to drive everywhere. I mean, I was driving all over the place. So that's when I kind of dug a little deep and I started just reading studies about cannabis. And I was like, I gotta read deep. I gotta read deep. And and going going a little deeper, um, my mom actually had HG with me. Okay, great. That's significant. Yep. And you, you know, as well as I know, back then there was nothing. It was just morning sickness. You'll be okay. You'll be all right. Mm. (laughs) And my mom actually, you know, did cannabis back then because we didn't have insurance and she had to do something to survive. And hers was really bad. Like she literally one and done because how bad her pregnancy was. And she had my older brother. He's my stepbrother. Um, So she didn't birth him. She only birthed me, but she was just like, I can't do it. So then when I had cash, it was just very it was very different. Like, you know, it was still not really talked about. I was at a huge OBGYN office in our area. Mm -hmm. And I just went from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor, every appointment. And none of them were educated. They each wanted their own. Cause you had to see every doctor in the practice because whenever you deliver that doctor might be on call. Oh, (laughs) I see. But, yeah. Okay. That's an interesting way to think, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I just felt very like dismissed and I lost a good amount of weight with cash, but I also, um, was heavier too. So I think I was over like 200 pounds. So I was heavier then. And, um, it was just dismissed when you're heavier and you have HG, it's okay. You can lose a little bit of weight. Baby's yeah, okay. That was- you know? That was their attitude, hey? 
Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was horrible. (laughs) And like, even though the obese could see that your weight was dropping, like evidently that evidence is in the scale. But yes, yes. <laughs> and they were a collective of obese too. And so that's actually very yes. interesting that you say that because you would have had more than one person working with this with this illness that you were experiencing, but yet no one yes. to care, unfortunately. Nope, nope. And they each had their own regiment of things, literally. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like many of us talked about, um, when they ask you if you smoke, you say no, it's frowned upon. You know, I know when I went to the hospital every time, um, when I had to go to the triage, I was like, God, I hope today is not the day. <laughs> like, cause when they ask you to give a urine test for, I guess, you know, preeclampsia and all this crazy stuff, it just like, it, it triggers you. It makes you worried, um, because you're doing something to like help your baby. So mm-hmm. I remember, let's go back. I remember the first time I smoked with cash, it was like around week 18. I really suffered until then. Diclegis. Some people say it differently. It worked pretty well for me, but the thing was my insurance didn't cover it. Mm-hmm. So this wonderful OB that I still remember to this day that I met in the practice, she gave me a bunch of samples, a bunch, and it it helped. It didn't, no, I shouldn't say work, it helped. It helped, you know, make everything a little better, but it still wasn't all right. Like I couldn't eat. I just remember not being able to do anything And here. I had to, I had to work. So I had to do something to survive. Mm-hmm. I remember laying in the nursing home down in therapy um, on the bathroom floors with the door shut and just puking and dry heaving and laying on that cold floor and thinking, God, I hope I don't pass out. I hope nothing happens. <laughs> like, I hope everything's okay, you know? And I had to secretly hide it from my husband because he didn't agree with it. Um, and that was really a struggle. Um, you know, I really lived in a lot of guilt and I still kind of do in a way we've, you know, healed with that, but that was really hard. Like he, he was just not for it, which is funny because we've talked about it now. And uh fun fact, his mom actually smoked cigarettes with all of them. <laughs> so it's funny. It's just, it's funny how, you know, the stigma, stigma behind uh, cannabis is, is very different. But I remember that, like that first time smoking and um, being like, wow, I feel so different. I feel kind of human. I feel like I can like work. I feel like I can do a tour. I feel like I can go, you know, sign a freaking hundred page contract with my patient. Like I, I feel like I'll be all right. And it was, you know, before I left for work and then like midday, I would like crash. It was really hard. I don't know. I had a lot, a lot, a lot of triage visits and a lot of IVs um, and just a lot of time at the hospital. I remember that. Yeah. Um, It was, it was rough. (laughs) It was rough. It sure sounds like it. Mm -hmm. And Wow. And to not have the support of your partner is extremely tricky. My goodness. Um, it was. I mean, luckily, luckily I had my parents' support, which, you know, at okay. the, yeah. the time of everything that made it a little difficult. But like my mom suffered. Um, and it's it's just funny how everything like plays a part. But I remember one time around like 32 weeks, I passed out at Lowe's. I was going to get um, paid for the nursery and I was very determined and I passed out at Lowe's. And I remember I was just trying to get to my car. I felt so naughty. 
I felt like I was going to pass out. I just wanted to get to my car and throw up near my car. So it's like towards the front of Lowe's <laughs> and I like passed out and I was so embarrassed, but I was like with it, but it was like an out of body experience where I like collapsed mm-hmm. and this EMT, I had no bump, obviously. Most of us don't have a bump and it was like very well hidden then. Um, I felt like I popped out around, you know, 32 one, um, but with cash, I was heavy. So I, I did lose less weight. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember this EMT being like, oh my gosh, I have to call an ambulance. And I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. Like, I just needed to get to my car. I ha- I just get very sick. I needed to get sick. Like, I'm all right. And um, he was like, are you sure? Can I call somebody? I was like, no, I'm just going to get to my car. And he was like, well, let me watch you. And I was like, I'll call my husband. If I can't drive, it'll be fine. I remember telling my OB, one of the million, and then being like, oh, well, you know, that that's common. That happens towards the end. And you might just be a little dehydrated, drink a little more water. And water then didn't bother me as much as it did with Marley. Okay. Um, I could do it, but I also, you know, always did a lot of soda, <laughs> Coca-Cola. Yes. Um, and tea. <laughs> yep. And tea? Yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, tea. Yep, tea. Oh, what kind um, of tea? Just sweet tea. Oh, I sweet. tried to lessen the sugar, but. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, but yeah, um, so pretty much to like Cash's birth, um, I remember the one day going in and oh, I remember it was like, it was around 32 weeks. I remember hearing talk like, oh yeah, they do drug tests. They started this back in 1990 when cocaine was a big thing, when moms were using blah, 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 blah. And I was so nervous. And I was like talking to my mom and she's like, we'll just stop now. It should be out of your system, blah, 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 blah. And um, my best friend at the time, too, I was telling her and um, I was like, you know, I don't really know what's going to happen. I remember reaching out to a friend that her sister-in-law worked for social work. So like CPS um, in our area. And she was she told me they would pretty much come do a home visit. I was like so nervous. So I remember just being at like my wits end at 38 weeks and being in triage because I was down to stress test for like a month, three times a week because my blood pressure had preeclampsia. Wow. So, so my body, my body was just giving up on me then too. I mean, most it of us HG like moms, this. that's how our body is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was rough. Um, my blood pressure was high, but I didn't have to be on blood pressure medicine with, um, with cash. Thank goodness. So I remember just being like, look, I want to have this baby. I'm tired of going through this. I'm getting sick. Like I'm tired of this cycle. I have to keep going back to my job, telling them, and it was just horrible. Like, it, th- no one believed you then. Like, <laughs> they thought you were making it up. Uh-huh. So I was just like, I want to be induced. And the doctor was like, well, you know, um, a healthy baby is 40 weeks and we really can't because of medic. there's nothing medically. And And I was like, well, look. I work in a nursing home and I know documentation is key. And I know you all are documenting. So seriously, it's my right. Like, let's have this baby. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember them sitting <laughs> him go, or her going, talking to the, um, the medical director and then being like, okay, like looking through my chart. I mean, I was literally there all the time in between stress tests. I would get admitted yeah. monitoring and cause I was just so run down and sick and it well, was it was no best at the end like your, your <laughs> you knew your body couldn't do it anymore 
Yeah. hundred percent. So I remember them sitting, you know, all the paperwork down them asking again, you know, do you use uh, marijuana? Do you do any other recreational drugs? Um, do you drink and say no? And then having to sign the consent for the drug test. And I was like, okay. Oh God, this is going to be rough. So I knew, I mean, they did legally have consent, but I didn't want to, no, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I see what you mean. It's definitely worth like going along with it and seeing what happens almost and just yeah. crossing your yes. fingers. Yeah. Well, and like, now, <laughs> nowadays believing in that intuition, but back then it was like, yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. Yeah, so and I was like, okay, this is going to go really bad because my husband didn't know. So, you oh, know, yeah. It was a good couple hours later, and I remember my wonderful OB coming in and my nurse that I made through triage, a really good friend, and I'm still actually friends with her today. Aww. I remember her, yeah. I remember them coming in and saying, you know, Nikki, do you know you have THC in your system? And I was like, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And Jesse was heartbroken um I actually asked him how he felt and he was just he said every emotion ran through I mean he wanted a divorce I remember just the whole conversation how could you you know this isn't just your baby it's my baby um just lots of I I understand it now I wish I was honest and just you know sorry this is what I'm doing but it was it was hard at the time I didn't know he didn't agree we were very fresh in our marriage. <laughs> it was rough. So I was just like, all right, we're going to take this. So he left. I called my best friend. She came in. I remember them having to give me like, I think it was Benadryl to calm me down because I didn't want any like narcotics or anything like that. So they gave me Benadryl to get my blood pressure to come down and like to calm me down because it kind of sedates you. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then I remember just calling Jesse and like crying and like kind of doing the process in the beginning on my own. And um, my doctor was like, you know, I, the OB, she's like, you know, no one's walked a mile in your shoes, Nikki. No one knows the life that you lived. And I was like, I just, you know, I didn't want to do the the meds. And I explained myself. And she was like, well, our process is, you know, CPS is going to, social worker is going to come in here soon, meet with you. And then um, you'll have to, in Pennsylvania, they'll come to your home and they'll do it there. And I remember just like crying. Like I couldn't even be excited for my baby. I was just like, Oh my God, they're going to take my kid. Like, what did I do? Why was I so selfish? Maybe I could have done something different. I had just so many emotions of like, why, 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 why could this be different? And then like my doctor was literally like, Jesse came back. I remember him finally coming back. His sister got a hold of him and he finally came back and um, my OV pulled him aside and she was like, you need to walk up. You need to think about walking a mile in your wife's shoes. I know you're angry. I know you're hurt that she didn't tell you the truth. But cannabis is one of like, it's okay. It's one of the, the least worries of all the things out there. There's babies in the nursery right now that are withdrawing from heroin and She's like, it's sad. And fun fact, her husband actually is a doctor in DC and does stuff in cannabis. And it makes me sad because she was such a good advocate for us women. She actually got a divorce with her husband because he was so pushy about cannabis and the industry and OBGYN was not like that. So 
it's crazy. I would love to go see her and just be like, hey, how are you? And I know she would remember me because we oh. went through so much together. I really do. I like strongly do. But um, I just remember her telling Jesse, like the only thing different she could have done was edibles because the lighter and all that isn't good on the lungs. But what facts are there really? Mm. And I know I was talking about earlier, the crazy thing about studies is there's no studies in the States here. It's all like Australia and everywhere else. It's like, I almost want to do a study because <laughs> <laughs> right? it makes me like of just my pregnancies. I mean, I can get my medical records. I know a decent amount. It just, it makes me want to like put something out there for a mom here in the States to be like, oh, look at this chick and her babies are thriving and so healthy yeah. and all of that. So, um, so then I remember like with, with cash, they taped stuff to his, you know, boy stuff and we couldn't change his diaper. They were very discreet about it. The nurses, which I was very thankful about. Okay. I didn't really feel like they mom shamed me. They let me breastfeed. Okay. Um, I was, yeah, I was very impressed with that. They did let me breastfeed. Um, but they, um, they had a process that they had to go through, unfortunately. And I remember sitting in the one room after having cash. And I think he was going to get something medically done um, that they do after you have a baby. And I remember sitting away from everything and just crying and be like, please don't take my baby to the lady up here in Pennsylvania. And she was like, we're not going to take your baby. Like, it's not like that. I promise, you know, if you were doing another drug, it would be different. She's like, but cannabis is just so different. And um, I was just so nervous. And I remember just crying, thinking like, how horrible of a mother am I? <laughs> because there's just so, I, when I was younger, I just didn't have a voice like I did oh, now. A lot of fear, um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And back then everything was so frowned upon and, you know, there was nothing about HG then either. Yeah. So I remember the nurses collecting everything. So I only had a little bit of THC in my system. Go freaking figure. (laughs) And Cash had none in his urine. They did test his um, poop Mm -hmm. and that obviously showed just positive for that. Nothing else. But, um, because that but, one yeah. goes back to, you know how far that one, meconium, goes back to? So fun fact, mm-hmm. I don't. I feel like it's first trimester because yeah. I stopped with Marley at 22 weeks. My choice, totally my choice, um, smoking. And mm-hmm. I ended up negative and they stopped right there. Same hospital, everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't, if I ended up positive, maybe they would have sent it out. But I think I heard it's like first trimester. So it's very early. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which frustrates me. <laughs> but I remember the social worker coming into the room and she was really nasty. Really? I, like, I just, yeah, she was just very nasty. You could tell very uneducated, wow. very um, judgmental, very, um, I mean, I guess she's there to do her job. She's seen a lot. But. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have been that way. And I remember as a first time mom just being like so scared and so anxious of everything. But, you know, God bless my husband. I'm very grateful for him for giving me, I guess, another chance or understanding and moving forward. And, you know, all I could think is, God, he's going to take cash and like just everything, all the emotions that most moms, you know, feel when, when going through this. And it's not like 
like I told the social worker, I'm like, it's not like I'm doing it for fun. I was doing it to survive. Like I, I seriously felt like times I could have thrown up my kid Mm -hmm. and it was hard, but, um, coming home, you know, the social worker or CPS worker up here, she came out and she just looked at everything. I remember laughing. Cause like I said, I did daycare for a really long time. So I was very crazy about like SIDS and education and all that stuff. And she says, you know, there shouldn't be any stuffed animals in a baby's crib, like in a nice, in a nice tone. And I was like, oh yeah, he don't sleep in there. He sleeps, you know, in the bassinet in our room. But she just looked around and we, Jesse, <laughs> Jesse and I chose that, you know, then we um, get, would get rid of everything. It would all be gone. Nothing would be in here. And we would move forward after that. And I did stop with him. I want to say it was like 32, 34 weeks. I don't know. Cause it was a while ago. Wish I would have documented it, <laughs> but, um, you did not so pretty was, much. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, say, um, because of the situation, then you were not using cannabis postpartum probably hate to, no, I was say. not. And that was really hard. Right, I was right. sick. I was sick, but I wasn't, I feel like a year postpartum. I got like really, really sick. That's when I went to the GI doctor and I was like, goodness, something's going on. And that's when I had H. Flory. Oh but yeah. yeah. So right. yeah. Crazy stuff. But the social worker, you know, she was, she was really nice. And she was just like, um, she was just saying how, you know, it's not legal and it's not okay. And this is just the process that they have to do. She has to take it back to her boss. If there's any questions, she'll reach out to me in a year. The case will be shredded and that will be that. And that's what it was. Um, and then, and then we move forward with our life and now he's seven and thriving and the first one done in his class and very, very smart and intelligent and nobody can tell me otherwise, but, and we've talked about this before. Some of the studies will say low birth weight. And I do wonder if that has like a part to play in the whole partaking of Smoking edibles, all that stuff, like because I only, you know, smoked with mine. But um, I, I wonder because both of my kids were pretty small. Um, I strongly, I, had, I strongly believe it is the eight, it's yeah. HD rather HD. than yeah, that. yeah. Um, I that strongly believe that, and so I think if we didn't use cannabis, our babies would have potentially worried less. Even that's my yeah, opinion. that is true. No, that is true because Marley was less than cash. Um, but both of my babies, I also I was induced, so I literally they had like sixteen bags of protein. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that's Cash's story. Um, yeah, and then you got. Um, oh, did you struggle with um, any part of mental health following? And then you eventually did figure out something else was going on with your stomach, right? So I did. Yeah. So about a year afterwards, so my mother-in-law actually had um, cancer and she passed away when cash was 10 months old. So that was really hard. We were really close and we were really strong. So she passed away. And then um, that's kind of around the time. Oh yeah. And I struggled with breastfeeding with him. I stopped breastfeeding with him around like 10 months because it was hard between HG and getting sick and um, just struggling with like working and then pumping at work. (laughs) And 
just everything on top of it. It was just really, really hard. So I only did that um, till he was 10 months. So then my mother-in-law passed away at 10 months and then the stress got really bad. And then I started my job where I quit to be a stay-at-home mom. And that job was really, really bad. And I want to say cash was about five. So my postpartum depression was rough, but I want to say it got it got even worse because I didn't really take care of it or manage it. But then when cash was like five, I really struggled. And that's when I went to go see um, a psychiatrist. I saw a murder-suicide at my work. Well, I was walking up. And when I was walking up, I saw a bunch of like cars and like crazy stuff. And for some reason, it like triggered everything. And I started having like flashbacks about HG and the whole birth and which his birth was great. I mean, I had him vaginally and everything minus, you know, dealing with the social worker and all of that. But um, I should have got a better hold on my mental health when I was postpartum because I think it, I, I think that's why I really struggled later. Um, again, it's not talked about, you know, postpartum mental health isn't talked about with women. And I really feel that HG women struggle a little more because they sit there and they worry because they think once the placenta's out and everything's, you know, gone, that HG's gone and it's not. And you're still throwing up. So I know me at times, I'm like, God, do I have cancer? Like, do I have a tumor? And I know that's terrible to think about, but it's what you think about because you're so sick. Mm -hmm. Not as sick as you were when you were pregnant. In my case, that's how it was. Yeah. But it was hard. So yeah, I got on medicine and honestly, I was on like six different medicines and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm spending so much money and cannabis is such a more natural way for me and it doesn't give me all the crazy side effects and every time I went to the psychiatrist she's like are you sleeping and I'm like no and she's like well let me give you this this will help you sleep and I'm like girl I've told you I don't sleep (laughs) like that's just not my thing well it's not good for you (laughs) I get that but so I that's when we decided for me to stop working so COVID hit that's when I really 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 realized that the world is crazy <laughs> and how like just driven ICD-10 codes are, you know, prescriptions, COVID, all of that stuff. We can go down that, you know, another time. But I really started to notice. And I said to my husband, I went from doing sales to packing up hundred year old people's belongings. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't like, I'm going to jump off a bridge. I mentally cannot do this anymore. It's, I see so much and then them pushing the vaccine, like to each its own. I've always been like that, but I was just like, I see so much and I can't, and we want to have more kids. And I just, I can't do it. I can't. So I ended up staying home and we got our puppy moose and I wanted to not get pregnant. <laughs> For a little bit. Oh, okay. We got pregnant right away. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Timing was like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. It was uh it was interesting to say the least. Uh, I found out I was home. pregnant. You what were you at say? home, right? You weren't home. I was at home. Yep. Okay, yep. Right. I found out I must have got pregnant <laughs> literally the first week or two I was home. <laughs> <laughs> because I found out very early. Like my niece, she was like, we need, because we were trying for about a year beforehand um, while I was still 
working, not actively, but just trying. Oh, okay, okay. And my niece, my niece was like, I'm going to put this stuff in the app because cash needs a, you know, a, a brother or a sister. So I was like, okay. So she's putting it in the app and she's like, Aunt Nikki, I think you're pregnant. And I was like, no way. And she's like, I do. And I was like, well, it's weird. I have a rash. And uh-huh. she was like, oh, Aunt Nikki, you got to take a pregnancy test. <laughs> I was like, oh. okay. So, so I did and I ended up, it ended up positive. And um, I was like four weeks, Tori. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it started full force. That day I took it, the next day I think I was throwing up hardcore. Oh my God, <laughs> twins. Same. <laughs> I know. It was horrible. I was yeah. just like, what is this? And then... I was a little smaller than what I was with cash, but I was just like, what is going on with me? Uh (laughs) And I started to like really look into things and, you know, Facebook has wonderful resources like the HG groups. And I started to like really look into it. And after I had cash, I feel like I started to hear a little more about HG, a little more about HG and started to get a little more educated. Yeah. And, um, and then I, I added myself to this group and that's when I realized I had HG. Ah, what year was that? I was like, this was 2021. Yeah, because Marley's born in 22. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, I get it up on the page. And it was interesting to say the least. Like I remember, so I went to, I switched OBGYNs. Well, they actually went out of business. Fun, fun fact. <laughs> they went out of business. And I decided to go to this small town, older male OBGYN in my area. And I was like, this can go good. This can go bad. Very, very old school man. And I remember um, going in and getting my blood work. My numbers were really high. When I looked into it, I was like, oh my gosh, I hope I'm not having twins. I was sick. I was throwing up so much I feel like I was throwing up like 20 to 30 times a day in the beginning it was a lot I couldn't drink water water was like acid it it went to my mouth and I was like throwing up yep Mm -hmm. and I was like what the hell is wrong with me like this is so different than my first like what is going on and um I remember just being like okay I have to really advocate this time like I can't and I'm I don't I don't know how I did it with cash. I really don't. And I'm so blessed that I stay, I was able to stay at home because um, I couldn't have done it. I would have lost my job if I mm-hmm. were to have been working. <clears throat> um, but I remember just my OB being like, okay, well, try Zofran. Again, very old school. So try Zofran, try this, try that. But the good thing about the OB that I saw is it was just him and his office staff and his wife did like billing. So when I needed something, Tori, I got it. So when I needed medication, it was like on it. Like it was most of the time the pharmacy or they didn't have, you know, X, Y, and Z. So of course I was like, all right, with Marley, I just, Jesse and I had the conversation. I was like, how do you, how do you feel about cannabis and me using? And he was like, I'm totally, you know, good with it. And um, I was like, okay, awesome. Nice. And I was like, well, I want to try without, but I will totally, um, I'll try some medications. But then when I started looking into it again, I was like, why am I going to take Zofran? Like, why is a doctor offering me Zofran in the first trimester? Like, 
when I did my research, it was like, it shouldn't have been until like the second trimester. And like, why is this even allowed? (laughs) It just didn't make any sense. And I'm like, why isn't there like more natural options? And it was like the first medication that they even pushed with cash too. And um, I was just like, I don't want to take it. Like that's when, you know, cleft lip happens and like all this crazy stuff. And I was like, I just, I, I, I can't take it. So <laughs> I remember saying, the doctor saying, did you try it? I was like, yeah, I tried it. And it gave me horrible headaches and, you know, so on and so on. And Zofran does. I know from prior to having children, I got really bad migraines. So when I would go and get my cocktail, as they say at the ER, um, Zofran would make me like, it gives, it gives me horrible headaches. I get like hot flashes. I get, I don't like Zofran. So I lied to my doctor and I was like, yeah, it didn't work for me. So on to the next medication. And it was like, so he was like, I said, you know, diclegis work very well with my first. And he's like, well, you got to remember your first is very second than your, your first is very different than your second. And I'm like, yeah, I know, (laughs) I know. And I remember him at one point in time saying, well, this should clear up by like week 20-ish. Usually that's when it goes away with women. If not, it is HG. And um, (laughs) I don't think, they don't live in our life. Like they don't, I know I didn't call him every five minutes and be like, look, I've thrown up 50 times. What can I do? So in their defense, they don't get it. And he even said at the very end, like, wow, your HD was very severe. (laughs) And it really was. But he was very much so like, I would always go, I would always go back to him and I would be like, Hey doc, I did my research and he would like laugh and he was very just quiet and okay. he would listen to me. And I would, I remember going to my OB mm-hmm. with just all my studies and just being like, look, like I did this study and, or I read this study and, you know, they say to not take Zofran, you know, before in the first trimester. And, um, I just, I don't know if I agree about this and I would, say I did a study and I really think I'm interested in a pick line and the same time Jesse was like very much so against it because pick lines are scary I mean you think of at least when I thought of a pick line I think of a very sick patient like um a cancer patient or something like that and Jesse's like I don't know I just don't know if I agree with that and my OBGYN was like well you know um we'll think about it. And then I remember one day going back to him and being like, look, I've read a lot of women, you know, really do well with it. I know the signs I'm willing to learn. I really think mentally for me, this is going to be what's best. I was like, I get sick all the time. Um, I'm vomiting. I'm like, and then these nurses are coming in and they're poking and they're prying me, you know, many, many times. And I ended up meeting this one sweet home health nurse, Erin. And she was just like, here HG is really bad. Like I would almost compare it to a cancer patient. I deal with really sick patients, and your HG is really bad. And she that night stuck me six times, and I remember the last time she couldn't get me. And she's like, "I'm really sorry." I was like, "It's okay, you know." It's like I just don't know if I can do this, and I'm like bawling. And she's like, "You're really strong. I'm really proud of you." And um, I she remember saying, really "Jesse, nice. like." <laughs> You're like, she was so sweet. She was really sweet. And I requested her every time. I was like, can you put me on your schedule every week? Because I was so anxious not knowing who was coming every time. Yeah, we need I didn't want to get ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't want to get ready. I didn't want, you know, all of that. Um, 
I just, I needed the consistency. I needed to know that I needed somebody that I didn't have to explain myself over and over and over again. (laughs) It's exhausting to explain yourself. Cash, please sit down and stop. Stop. So, um, I remember her looking at Jesse and being like, your wife's really sick. She needs a pick line. I think she'd really benefit from a pick line. And he really did like her. And, um, I remember her just like really advocating for me getting one and me going back to my OB and just being like, look, I really need one. I really think that I would thrive. I really feel good once I have fluids in me, even though I'm still getting sick, I feel good once I have fluids in me. Um, and then, you know, sometimes when I would try to push the meds through, cause I did try after my first trimester, I did try a few medications. Um, one was Reglan. Oh my gosh, Tori, that was horrible once I got my pick line placed oh yeah we'll talk about that going a little little further yeah but um so I remember like my doctor just being like okay I'll sign like a thing saying that I won't sue you I won't um hold you accountable like I need this pick line I'm telling you it'll be so good for me and he was like okay Nikki (laughs) like he just knew every time I swear when he retired I was like doctor did I make you retire? He's like, no. Like, he was just a funny, funny man. We got to be really close, and I'm really grateful for him. I mean, yeah, he was old school, but his thing... <laughs> there's so much with, with Marley's story. Just because I, like, I knew I had to advocate. I knew yeah. with Cash, I was so, like, just dismissed. Not even dismissed, just nothing. There was no awareness. There was nothing. I was like, I knew I have to be the voice. Right. Working in healthcare, if you don't have a voice and you don't stand up, you don't matter. They just want to make money off you. That's it. They make money off sick people. Mm-hmm. So, um, I remember my doctor just being like, okay, let me get everything going. And they got everything going really quick. And I remember driving and smoking before I went to that appointment. I was so nervous. But I was like, I have to. I'm going to be throwing up when I'm getting my pick line inserted and it's right in my arms. They're going to be right in my face. I yeah. keep thinking everything. Yes. And um, I got my pick line at like 14 weeks. I had it for 89 days. It was my best friend. It was Bob. My procedure went great. They told me what to look for. I actually had a little card that I had to carry around in case of a medical emergency that I give to them that tell them where my pick line wears, how it's placed, how long it is. Yeah, um, they actually gave me the nurse that placed it and the tech that helped make sure it was in place and everything. They were like seriously the sweetest people I've ever met in my life. I love them dearly. They were just Aww. so kind and so nice. So like reassuring. I was so nervous. Of course, my blood pressure was a little high. Um, but they gave me a piece of the pick line to give to cash because it's plastic so that he could see it and not be scared. So I literally had Bob hooked up to me 10 hours a day. So I just tried to keep consistency once I got him. 10 or 8 in the morning, 8 at night, whatever it was. Try to just stay consistent. And I was nervous because I had to be trained to be my own nurse. I had to um, yeah, that's prime, a- prime the line. Yeah. And I remember one time Jesse saying to me, oh, I watched that on house. You have to prime the line and make sure all the bubbles are gone or you can have um, oh, wow. something. I, uh, Palmer, um, pulmonary. Yeah. He was like, you can, you can get really, really sick. And I was like dying laughing. And I was like, <laughs> okay. 
oh my god was like our reality <laughs> now I was like oh but I went really quick I mean working in the medical field I did see a lot of procedures when I was getting True. like paperwork signed and stuff like that so I would see like stuff being placed and like crazy things honestly I would so I was kind of like I knew some things I knew some medical term but when you're doing it on yourself and you have a baby <laughs> unborn baby in your belly you're like Whoa. so yeah, I quickly learned and I was yeah I was just very much so everything I read just was like make sure you're super 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 like um cautious with bacteria like wash your hands wash your hands um use the alcohol pad so I remember my first it was December when everything happened with home health and getting my pick line and um a farm the pharmacist they actually deliver to the house it was really cool so they would deliver all of my medications I got five bags of fluids I would get like syringes I would get alcohol pads I would get saline I would get just a bunch of stuff. Oh, batteries for my um my pump. Oh, and I remember looking at the bill one time and it being six hundred and sixty dollars and like sixty six cents, something like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank goodness we have insurance. Like that's crazy. We only had to pay our deductible, but I was like, wow, this is insane. How do people that don't have insurance do it? Like, how do they get help? Exactly. Yeah. I am. I am a strong believer um early intervention and um fluids really help I mean everybody is different with HG but I just felt so much better when like a good week of consistency with fluids I felt so good and I didn't have to have medication I didn't know prescriptions then like I literally would just smoke and sleep Uh and then eat when I could or well really it would be (laughs) smoking and then eating and then sleeping but I didn't really need anything and um I just remember just thinking how am I going to do this this is so hard this is so much um is this what I want like it's a lot and I keep getting sick like this like how am I not dead I get sick every day 50 times a day like how do I have an esophagus how do I do that yeah and it was you know in hg our brains are signaling to us that we are not going to make it pretty much Um, there's that there's that signal going on it is it's crazy and i just remember saying to my doctor like yeah you know i'm chubby and i'm losing a lot of weight but like i my fluids are my life and when i have my fluids like bob's my lifeline and when i have my fluids i'm i'm good like i feel much better (laughs) I feel like I can actually sit up and right know who I am and it was just very weird with the different I don't pick line right yeah with my pick line and um because your pick line goes pretty much to your like your heart and um and it runs through it fluids consistently consistently there and it's a tube that goes so if you think about it when you're pushing fluids through an IV um a small IV hole <laughs> tube it's not gonna it's gonna collapse a vein it, it's gonna do that to us we're dehydrated we are getting sick so many times a day I mean seriously how does somebody feel when they have the stomach bug they're like complaining like oh my gosh I can't do this like this is hard like I feel like a stomach bug on steroids is how HG moms feel <laughs> yeah yeah or like a hangover it's, on steroids yes it's horrible 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get sick and then you get the headaches and you get the chills and you just get it all. Yeah. So, Full body um, experience, body, soul, yeah. mind, everything. <laughs> it is. So I started having like blood pressure. So I got an NIPT test. I think that's what it's called. So it's okay. a test that tells you, you know, if your baby has any of the trisomy, um, uh, abnormalities or, um, whether your baby's a girl or a boy, how far along you are. I mean, it's all like estimated. I didn't know. I didn't really do my research, but my doctor was like, you can get it. He was always just like, you can get it if you want it. Here it is. And I was like, okay, I guess we'll get it. You know, we met her to desk. Well, I'd love to know if we're having a girl or a boy. Like, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. So my niece actually had a gender reveal. So we knew through like going to a little mom and cheek boutique where they do like ultrasounds and they tell you, um, you know, whether you're having a boy or girl. So my niece did it. So we knew we were having a girl, but we didn't know for sure. Like it wasn't confirmed from a doctor. So I was like, we'll do this test. So I remember getting the call saying that we needed more testing done because they thought Marley had Down syndrome. And that call was like a smack in the face. And I remember like telling Jesse and I remember thinking like, was it because, um, you know, I did, I didn't do something different in the beginning, like all just the mom guilt that riddled me. Um, and you know, as well as I know, when you get stressed and things start happening, when you have HD, your body just goes into full fight or flight mode. And you just, I don't know. I, I noticed stress and when I was anxious was horrible like I would get sick so much more and I was just like oh my gosh what am I gonna do how am I gonna do this but um that's when I started to see this iris doctor and uh he was a horrible old man (laughs) and I had to go see him and I remember every time I went in there I had Bob on my shoulder and he had all my medical records I had to fill out 10 pages of paperwork so he had everything in front of him and he was just very mean very straightforward he had to be in his 70s and he was just like um you need to get the amniotesiosis test done you have to get that done that'll tell you 98% sure if you know the baby has down syndrome or not and I was just like why don't you ask me what I want (laughs) like why are you telling me what to do Mm -hmm. I want I love my baby no matter what like I don't want to put I'm already I've already gone through hell this little bit of time that I've struggled (laughs) um because I want to say I was like 15-ish weeks around there it's pretty early when you get that done maybe it was like 12. I forget exactly when it was, but I remember just being like, there's so many risks with that to each their own again, pro-choice to each their own. But like, why would I want to go through that? Like, no matter what, at the end of the day, she's what I want. She's what we plan for. So why would I do that? I was like, I'll do the hour long testing of an ultrasound, but I don't want any more than that. And I remember him getting like really, really mad and upset. And I think it's because the ultrasound didn't cost nearly as much as the amniotesiosis test. Interesting. Yeah. So I saw this man three times, I remember. And three times, every single time he tried to send me to... um, Actually, he did. He sent me to labor and delivery. And of course, I was so nervous because I was so sick. I was like, well, you know, I was trying to be positive. I was like, well, at least I'll go here. 
and they'll monitor Marley. I'll get to see her, you know, all of that stuff. But then it started to be become an issue because Jesse was the main um, caregiver or provider of the, the family. And I was the caregiver and he had to leave work to go get cash off the bus or do this or do that. And I was like, dude, like he was like, well, you don't understand how fast preeclampsia can, um, you know, uh, catch up to you and your blood pressure is a little high and da 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 and I'm like That's sitting there thinking yeah, because every time I come in I have to tell you my story and I have to tell you why I'm not taking a Zofran pump and why I mean I tried so I did try Zofran I was pretty desperate I tried a pump because the more and more I read the more consistent Zofran pumped into your body you were um you were like better off from what I was like reading from other moms like success wise yeah and I was like okay well I guess I'll try the pump well oh my gosh I wanted to die my head hurt so bad it was horrible I was like how can I get this out of my system how can I detox why did I do this to myself how desperate am I like why why and I just remember being like, I even still to this day say I'm allergic to Zofran because I won't. But my doctor would push, you know, a decent amount of medicine. And when it would come to pushing it, I would just, I'd be like, yeah, I took it. But I really didn't. One time I tried Reglan and that was horrible. Reglan has black box um, label on it from what I've read after taking it. Um, so with Reglan you kind of have like some women it's great with and they say so it's an antipsychotic if i recall right but it works really well with um anti-nauseous and stuff but it also makes you like feel crazy it makes you have like out-of-body experience and i have that experience and i administered it through my pick line because here in the states at least in pennsylvania you're not allowed to have promethazine and that medication worked the best for me when I could take it by mouth, which I could not take any medication by mouth at all. Great. So promethazine would have been great if I could have administered it through my pick line because it worked very well for me, but people overdose on it. So they won't let you do it. <laughs> I was just like, okay. So that's when they started. Yeah, they gave me Reglan. And I was like, all right. I was pretty desperate. I was like, I'll try it. Because I was missing out on everything. And, you know, cannabis helped. But I was just like, I knew I personally wanted to stop at um, 32-ish. No, I stopped. Sorry, 32. Let's make 22, 23 weeks. Um, With my experience with cash and my trauma. Mm-hmm. I just was nervous. I didn't want someone coming in my house questioning my children, bringing my children into a decision that I made myself. It made me nervous. Looking back now, I wish I would have just been like, F you. <laughs> Jesse, when I did decide to quit, Jesse was like, Are you sure? I'm like, This is what you want. Like, it really helps you, Nick. And I was like, I just, I can do it. I can do it. I don't want to, you know, have the experience that we had with Cash. I want to be able to be alone with our baby. I want to be able to enjoy the moment. I want to be able to change her first diaper. I want to be able to have all of that. As every Asian Um, mom deserves. Yes, yes. I was like, I don't want to have to have a social worker. Like, I don't want Cash to have to ask questions. Like, 
I don't understand why they involve children. It really frustrates me. But I was just like, I can't. And oh my God, that first two weeks was horrible. But I remember just being like, can I just smell it? <laughs> if I just smell it, it'll, it'll be all right. <laughs> like, it'll be good. <laughs> can I just smell it? And then, you know, my blood pressure kept rising and I kept getting sick and it, it was rough, but I made it. We made it to 37 weeks. Um, it's actually really funny because I remember talking to my really good friend, Kelly. I remember saying to her, can you call the OBGYN office and ask them if they drug test, like what, what they do? And she was like, yeah, I can. I actually know someone there. Like I will totally, you know, text her. And I think, I don't know for sure, but I think with cash they did in the very beginning because it was a big organization and they didn't tell me. And then that's, I think that's why I think things were just different. Listening to other women, hearing other stories. I really do think at the first I was, and then at the hospital, it's like what they make mandatory happen. Um, but she was like, yeah, my friend told me, nope, Dr. Yeshin, Dr. Y is very, very good at um, not doing that. He doesn't agree with it. Um, he, you know, the hospital does and that's that. And I remember thinking, oh God, so I have to, like, I have to do this. And one time my friend Kelly, and she knows I did. One time my friend Kelly came out of the office and she she said, the wife of the doctor was like, I don't know why she couldn't have just waited till she went outside because I guess someone had a vape pen and they were they were doing it. And um, Kelly made the comment, well, um, is that like, is he okay with it? And he's like, well, he's not not okay with it. So I think, I really think that, I think that doctors just need to come together and just like good group of doctors that agree with cannabis and just be like, it's cool. It's good. Um, because I really think that he realized, I think that he was for it. He just couldn't say he was for it for like legal reasons. Honestly, I really, really do. I really do. But he actually retired and he's no longer an OB. So Jesse and I, you know, talked about having another, but I couldn't have done it without him. He was great. Wow. Um, incredible. He didn't want, so I remember, I remember with Marley, when I first went to him, when I first found out I was pregnant and was like, look, I can't do the glucose test. Like, I can't do that. That freaks me out. I have terrible PTSD from that with cash. I got very sick with cash. And I remember the lady at LabCorp making the comment of, well, um, you could at least held it down because then I had to redo the test because I got sick off the, the um, drink they give you. And um, she, I remember him being like, "Well, there's other natural ways. Don't worry, la di da di da." Well, this wonderful high risk doctor that I had, I think it was the third. I think I saw him four times. So the fourth time I saw him, this is when I like absolutely fired him. I go in again. He asked me. He's like, "So, what's going on? How you doing? How's your Zofran pump going?" I'm like, "This is not a Zofran pump." <laughs> this is my fluids. This is Bob. He probably looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, but this is not a Zofran pump. I just remember like him and I, we just did not mesh at all. And I remember him saying, well, you need to do the glucose test. And I was a little further along than what I should have been to do the glucose test. And he was like, it needs to be done. It's late. Women that have HG tend to more have, no, what do you say? The women that have your condition tend to have 
diabetes issues. I was like, okay. And I was like, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. And he was like, well, so are you refusing? And I was like, no, I'm saying that I'm not doing the drink. I'll do anything else, but I'm not doing the drink. And he was like, well, your blood pressure is a little high today. You need to go over to triage and we need to get your blood work done and see if, you know, preeclampsia is creeping up. I'm like, why can't I just go to LabCorp and get it done? Because triage can stat order it. I'm like, I don't have time for this. I was like, I- I'm done with you. And I remember asking the MA, like, can I talk to the doctor's wife? Like, I, I need a new high-risk doctor. I can't deal with this man anymore. He does me worse than he does me good. Like, it's not good for me at all. <laughs> and then I remember right away, because um, usually I would see him on Thursdays because the doctor was in doing C-sections on Thursdays. That was his scheduled day because, again, it was just him in the office. Well, the only doctor, he would do his C-sections then. And I remember saying to his wife, like, I need to talk to him. I need a new, a new high-risk doctor. I can't do it. And she was like, okay, we'll find one. Right away, Tori, they got it done. Like that small office was great versus with cash. Got it right done. And they, um, I went to like a bigger organization and that was fine. I really did like the high-risk doctor. He really actually understood HG. I was very impressed. He was very educated. I don't think, <laughs> as we've talked about, I don't think a male understands fully HG, but I think he understands it from seeing lots of women who have suffered with HG. So he um, he was like, I don't agree with your pick line. Your pick line needs to come out. You lost too much weight. You should have a feeding tube. And I was like, I don't want a feeding tube. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, you, you should get a feeding tube. And I was like, no, I can't do that. It would really, really scare cash. And um, he was like, well, you're losing a lot of weight and it's not good. And it really, you know, hurts the fetus. And I was just like, all right, well, we can do other things. He's like, well, if you lose any more weight, we're going to have to admit you into the hospital for three days and then we'll piece the feeding tube and la di da di da And I was like, I got to do something. Yeah. And I remember um, I had to get my pick line removed and he was like, I would have done a pick line or I would have done the feeding tube over the pick line. And I was like, okay. Um, I did my research and I think, and he's like, well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous for the unborn fetus and da da da. I'm like, everything's dangerous. HG's dangerous. And I really do think the agenda is just money, 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 money. <laughs> and I don't really think it's about each patient as it should be. I think it's about money, money, money. And, um, I agree. Yeah. I just, I, I was just like, I don't, I don't want the feeding tube. And they never made me have it when they did the, um, the, Every when you go every week towards the end, I don't know if they do it in Canada, but they measure from the bottom of your breast to like the top of your your ribs to your belly. Yeah, and I remember one time the doctor saying, "Oh, you're not, you know, you're not where you need to be. I really need you to start drinking po- protein drinks. You need to start doing something. Like something's gotta." I mean, I was so stressed. I literally had sprung on me that Marley had Down syndrome, which thank God she didn't through like all the testing that we had done and everything. But it was like one thing after another like that. And then, you know, I had that horrible high risk doctor that stressed me out every time I went there. And my 
body. I mean, from throwing, who can throw up? Seriously, who can even throw up five times, let alone like 30 to 50 times a day? Not exaggerating. When people, when I would tell people that, they would look at me and I would be like, come on, come sit with me in the bathroom. Moose knows all about it. Like my my, my dog friend, my therapy dog knows all about it. But they would look at me like I was crazy. I'm like, no, it's, it's legit. Like it's real. Um, but my body was just so done. And I remember the high risk doctor saying, well, we're going to try to get you to 36 weeks. We don't want any who stay, but we'll try to get you there. And like the whole entire time I'm thinking, okay, well, first they said Marley had Down syndrome. Like what if something is wrong and these doctors don't know everything? Like my brain just spirals. You know, I think, I think us HG moms do that. I think we have a lot of guilt. I think we're like, what could we have done different to maybe not have HG? And you know, it's just, it's hard. It is so hard. And, and we don't have answers guess, coming from anybody that we can rely no, on or like, are yeah. responsible for our care. And then I remember really using the Her Foundation as a, like a big support. Oh, okay. and yeah. I remember looking on them um, on their website and being like, wow, there's one OBGYN that's like specializes in HG like two hours away from me. What could yeah, in their database on their website. Like, real? And then just like looking at stuff and seeing, um, when I first started Tori, their cannabis was nowhere when there's stuff for me. Right. That I recall. I think they just recently added that. But um, yeah, in- I just remember being like, oh my gosh, I'm so done. I'm so done. I'm so done. And um, I was like, I just got to make it a little further. And I remember thinking like, I just can't wait to smoke after I'm done. Like, I just need it. Like, my body needs it. I need to be able to eat. I need to be able to do it. Yes. I wish you could have rough. I wish you could have been able to continue cannabis use because do you think that would have helped you? I do. I do. Do you think it uh, would you go as far as to say you it would have helped you over like the pick line or do you think you definitely needed the pick line? No, I think I definitely needed the pick line. I got sick a lot. I think the pick line, I mean, it did. My doctor put like nutrients in it. Um, I remember at one point in time, I was like crazy about ordering my own stuff from the pharmacist. And I remember them telling me before I left, like, we'll really miss you. You know, you're really strong. We're really proud of you and like everything. Cause I would talk to them every week and be like, I need five saline syringes. I need, um, you know, X, Y, and Z medication. If I was trying a new medication or I need alcohol pads, I need batteries for my pump and they would bring it to the house. And, um, I remember one time just being like, why can't I have like a banana bag and all that stuff? And he's like, well, you know, there's not very many, there's not much research got the garage, buddy. There's not much research towards it. Um, it's not really good for the unborn fetus. And I was just thinking, here the Her Foundation is like saying that, saying it's good, but yet my doctor's prescribing medicine, but yet the pharmacist is telling me that I can't have a banana bag? <laughs> What's wrong with this? I'm like, I think I need some vitamins. I think it'll be me good. But, you know, they were all about what the book says, how it goes, all of that. And um, I I do think that my pick line was my lifeline. I do. I wish I would have, I could have kept it a little longer, especially I got COVID right after I got my pick line removed. I'm a pick line for 89 days. So I got COVID right afterwards and it was hard. 
I did get the antibody infusion and um, I was nervous because it wasn't FDA approved, but I was like, look, if I'm trying these prescriptions, I can do this. And it actually really, really helped me when I, again, did my research, looked stuff up with other women, HG women, it seemed like they really benefited from doing the antibody infusion if they had COVID, if they got it right away, like caught it right away. So um, it was rough. I had like a fever and stuff like that when I had COVID, but um, it didn't make anything like vomiting and all that different. Like I was still doing all that um mm-hmm. laying on the floor but I only it it like really lessened my symptoms I think I only was really like down and out for five days I really felt bad for two so I was very very thankful that I did it mm-hmm. um I was nervous but I was thankful but no I I think that my pick line really did did me good I, I that would be something that I would you know strongly suggest if cannabis wouldn't help someone, I would say, you know, try pick line because the IVs are so hard. I mean, I have tattoos. I have piercings. I just mentally couldn't be stuck. Yeah. Five, three to five, six times in one city. I mean, who wants that? Especially when there's not something pretty happening afterwards. It's a stick. <laughs> totally. You know? Yeah. So I do. I mean, that, that high risk doctor, the new one that I, I got with, he made me like guess, should I be doing this? Is this okay? But like looking back, I really think that my, I, I really think that my pick line helped me a lot. I mean, I, I know smoking helped me for sure. Like that definitely helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have continued to until then, but it's okay. <laughs> so then um, I remember being induced, like having my date and going in and saying to Jesse, like, should I just throw away the first day or like, should we just like, what if what if something happens and he's like Nikki it's okay we'll figure it out when we get there it's all good you needed this you needed this to live you needed this to survive are you sure you don't want to again I'm sure I can't do that to cash like I just don't want them interrogating him I don't want them you know I just don't I don't feel okay with that mm-hmm. and he he you know understood he didn't agree but he understood and he always like are you sure and I was very proud of myself for for being strong well but I didn't I didn't I just didn't want that. I didn't want to, I just had so much trauma from cash. I didn't want to have to have that with Marley. And I knew since she was a girl, she was going to be our last because we wanted a boy and a girl. <laughs> um, and with her HG pregnancy, I was like done completely. Still done. <laughs> I think yeah. about little babies. I'm like, now nah, I love everybody else's little baby. Um, but I remember the day sitting there signing pretty much the same drug test paper I had to sign. Um, when I had cash and I remember saying to my, my friend that I, I made, um, through cash, I actually made a really great nurse friend through cash because I had all my NSTs and like all that. And she actually was pregnant. Her daughter is three months younger than cash. So I remember, um, talking to her and, um, saying to her, like, I wonder if cannabis would really help me this time. And she's like, Who's to say, Nikki? She's like, you're so close. And it's just funny, like, just the stigma stigma behind it. I wish it was a little different. Like, love her dearly. She was wonderful. She was a great support. But I really just wish that, you know, us HG moms don't do it just to have fun, to get high. Like, we do it to survive. 
Yes. We are literally in fight or flight mode. It is so hard. No one knows what we go through at all. I don't care what anybody says. No, unless you're an HG mom. I'm like, I just feel so connected to you ladies because I feel like you understand. You've lived my hell, whether it's less severe, whatever. It's hard. But I remember signing that paper and being like, God, please, please just let this be okay. Please just let me heal. Please just let me be done. Like, I'm older. I have both of my babies. I made it through this. I, you know, I really thought I was going to die. I don't know how, like, I, I just, just let this be a wonderful experience. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I had the portal because I was doing high risk appointments and I was, you know, I had to do NSTs and all that stuff. And I remember Marley was happy as can be. She was kicking. She surpassed every time the NSC is 20 minutes. She was done. She was great. I remember one time the ultrasound text tech said oh my gosh she's gonna have a lot of hair you see all that and I was like oh really <laughs> but she um does. <laughs> she does and I remember like um reading in the portal that uh I think it's Canada boys how, how do you say it what is it um pretty yeah, much THC yes was negative ah yes okay like, thank god you I were was just so- waiting on that happy I really was I mean I was like oh I was such a relief I was like okay like I don't have to go through this again I don't have to put my husband through it like yes he's okay with it I remember waking Jesse up and being like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh (laughs) like being so happy and like they stopped there they stopped right there they didn't do any more any further I was just so freaking thankful and then we lived happily ever after. I still have lots of issues with uh, my my HG, but yeah. <sighs> the second time around postpartum, what were some of the struggles that you faced? Um, I literally have been puking since I had her. <laughs> and you're Not, like a good amount now. I so I know we've talked about it before. I feel yeah. I need to get my heart checked out. I feel like my heart is a little weak. I feel like I have I don't know if it's anxiety. I play it off to be anxiety to be honest, but I have like I guess like almost heart palpitations or whatever. Um, okay. little bit of heart jumps. I don't really know, but heart I need to definitely. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I agree. Um, I definitely feel like my mental health is much better this time around because I did choose to you know, smoke afterwards because of the thing was. Yeah, true. But um, I I don't know. I really think that cannabis just keeps me going and it really helps me. And I really think that people need to just reconsider the bad of cannabis because it's really not bad. <laughs> it's yeah. really not. One thing that really stuck in my mind from one of our first clubhouses that you did is one of the ladies said, you can't take your prescriptions and you can't throw them in your backyard. You can throw your seeds in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And it really just sticks with me. It really does. Yeah, because it solves the access. Like the they've created barriers to access, but that uh-huh. that is the key to dismantling those barriers, I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's just, I think at the end of the day, it's money and if they start allowing it they're going to lose a lot of money and there's going to be a lot less sick people right if they allowed kind of i really yeah i do i mean i'm 
cannabis does so much for so many people. If you just read about it, mm-hmm. it really does. And why, like, I mean, look at all of us H-E mamas that have can of babies. Like, seriously, I even breastfed both of my babies. I mean, Marley, I breastfed till about seven months, but I was really, I mean, with getting sick all the time and eating and just having two H-E pregnancies and going through the vomiting oh of things. Gosh. Like, yeah. I don't really eat salad at home. I can't. I vomited too much with gaseous salad, so I can't do it. So I I struggle with eating. So I was just finally like, I was really sad, but I was like, look, mentally, she's thriving. She's good. I have to put her own formula. Like, I cannot keep doing this to myself. I'm forcing myself to eat, and then I'm, like, mentally feeling rough, and then it's like a cycle. You did what you rough. You did what was best for you. And I'm so proud of you for doing what was yeah. best for you in that situation. Yeah. But I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being here. It was so much fun. <laughs> and sharing your story. And um, I know it took it took a lot of processing before you could get here. And so I'm also very proud of you for that. So thank you. It did. I mean, Cassius was so long ago that I really had to like think. But talking to all you babies and hearing your trauma. Yeah. It really definitely, I have my way of just, I guess, not having trigger warning, warnings, traumas. I just like kind of forget and I just like put it to the back burner and I don't know. I'm just like. HG moms are some of the bravest women I know. We were built from darkness and had to rise above. We were given little help, resources, or community by those in charge of our care but we created it ourselves once we could unite through the internet and tell our stories where we could tell the truth about plant medicine and surviving HG.